Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to season four, episode one, the premiere of The Psychologists Are In. I'm Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. This week, we are joined by a very special and beloved guest. You know him, you love him, you look up to him. We owe so much to him. Give it up for Steve Franks. Hi, Tim. Hey, Maggie. I miss you, my How friend. How you doing over there, Tim? You look great. Thanks. I feel okay. I mean, I had a lot of time to I put a little extra wax in the mustache this morning. I got a little beard trim the other day. Welcome, no. everybody, to um, the season four opener of what is perhaps the greatest podcast rewatch of all podcast re- rewatches out there. This, For of course, sure. I'm talking about the psychologists are in a psych pot rewatch podcast. And Tim. this week, we have the man who strutted it all to kick off season four of our podcast and um, the show, the show called Psych, which is what we're talking about. You all yeah. know this. The he's man our, himself, Steve Franks. He's our favorite. Don't tell anyone. What's Steve. happening, everybody? I'm so happy to be here. We're so happy you're here. We're so happy you're here. Because this also, Despero was also like a launch of, uh, you know, multiple episodes of a character that we are, we all grew to love so much. And it was so fun because we got to hmm. sorry the most psychotic guest stars or characters rather we yeah we created yeah it's the coolest ever and the fact that we get to we we see him a few times and and uh the cool uh well we'll well as we get into it because i want to i want to ask steve because i love talking to you about this kind of stuff but and of course we're talking about the episode oh. extradition british columbia written and directed by Mr. Steve Franks, who's uh, finishing up his bit, his comedy bit. Because <laughs> comedy takes time sometimes, kids. This is to make like it. how much of a machine this is. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, not that there's a planned bit that would happen during this podcast. Sure. Or for the Patreon or the Patreon. I don't know how we, we pronounce Patreon or Patreon. I, I think, I think it's, like, it's Patreon. I think it's too, because like a patron. Yes, patron, exactly. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, I always want to do something for them. And by always, I mean, I mean, <laughs> twice. <laughs> but I love this episode. Also co-written by Andy Berman. That's uh, the most important thing to, uh, mm-hmm. to add to that. Because I, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't take full credit for this, this script because it Steve was- Steve uh, Franks, ladies and gentlemen, always giving credit where credit is due. You are so gracious, so generous, so nice. It's so true, though. You always do that. And it's also, and then we do the opposite where we're like, 
well, this all started with Steve. Everything, everything <laughs> starts with Steve. So every, from day one, the no a-hole policy, everything started with you. Well, and that w- is in, enforced by you guys in Canada, because of course I was stuck down in, in, well, not stuck, but in the Southern California area where our uh, writer's room and, and our, uh, of course, the amazing post-production uh, facilities. We were all down there and then I would get to come up and visit and hang out with you guys and occasionally write with the other writers. And I think this is the first time I wrote with Andy Berman. Wow. No like do all, that you guys actually wrote something, just the two of you together. I think so. I, I, I would have that. to go back and it, it just occurred to me at this point, but uh, probably it, because, uh, and, and Andy is the most fun to write with. And Andy and I, Andy and I have sort of an opposite approach to writing where Andy feels like he's often very stressed about what he's writing. And I'm just sitting Hang on, have you met Andy Berman? I know. (laughs) Andy Berman anxious? And I'm just usually sitting at my keyboard saying the lines to myself (laughs) and laughing. And so, (laughs) even when they're not funny. So uh, it was uh, it was a good thing for both of us to uh, to sort of come to the middle of all that. And Andy was just the perfect person to write a episode about an international man of leisure. <laughs> but you have, you have just um, explained why, because you're always down in Southern California, explained why when you would show up on set, you were so much tanner than us pasty white <laughs> people stuck in the in the drizzling clouds of beautiful British Columbia. Well, there's an execution that happened in this episode. Do you remember them telling us, uh, Tim, maybe this stopped by season four, but I do remember there was a, can you guys maybe tan or wear self-tanner? I remember getting a bunch (laughs) of face tanners that I was trying out. I remember James too. Do you remember this, Tim? I don't remember being told that. There was like a tanning, there was a a tanning phase. This I remember to look like a little more uh, sun-kissed for Santa Barbara. Uh, Okay, you you are jogging my memory, yes. Yeah. Then I think it was was, a season, uh, it was a later season. Okay. It could have been this season then. I do remember that. Embrace the um, the VC um, bronzer self-tanner. Not a bronzer self-tanner. Yeah, it was like a self-tanner. Yeah, they basically were like, you know... uh, I think a lot of their shows had a lot of tan people notice. They were very tan, very oily. They had a lot of uh, sexy shows that were coming on. They were like, hey, guys, can you uh, can you just look a little bit more like you're from Santa Barbara? A fun thing I, I learned when, I'm, when I was a little tanned up, I have to wear less makeup. Yeah, it's true. That's also another, another plus of finding a good tanner. Um, Steve. And Steve's it makes those blue eyes smiling. pop. <laughs> no, I'm. I, I love this bit. because I didn't even think about it. But what I'm thinking about is like I remember like the early episodes, like the first two. You guys are still holding on to your tans from your your homes, yes. and then it starts to fade out as we get into the uh, into the middle of March and April in uh, Vancouver, yeah. and uh, and we succumb to the elements of British Columbia. And this one, I think we shot seconds. I think we shot the 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 one that airs next first, and then I came up after that, or maybe we oh, we shot right. it right away. But it it always felt like for some reason I would do the second one um, when I when I could actually go early and then towards the end. What made you guys? Uh, I mean, I know what made you pick like extradition British Columbia, but like how when you guys were talking about it, we're like, how do we get our Santa Barbara Police Department to? Vancouver, British Columbia, I mean, where we were shooting, but like, 
in the story uh, to make that happen. How did, what, were you guys like, we have to get with this, this has to be somewhere else. And the only else it could be is Vancouver. Well, it, it was something, it was right along that line because it was like, we always had to avoid showing the mountains and the city. And I'm like, right. I want to be able to point the camera <laughs> at all of those things. And if you go through this episode, how many times is it like North Van, West Van, every time we could put the camera oh, and yeah. show Vancouver, we were doing it. And uh, it was just so great to own the city and the city that's so beautiful and so fun and, uh, and that then see the things that that we would see every day and not look for some Spanish roof house, you know, that's way out 45 minutes away, just so we can kind of sort of look like pretend Santa Barbara. Bringing so, bring the fake palm trees. Yeah, exactly. And this, of course, you know, we shot it very early, so we know it was cold and crazy. But there is a fun backstory to this that we were we were itching to do an episode where we went somewhere else. Yeah. And we were talking, and this is, I think, just before the the financial crash of 08. We were talking about, and we're going down the line, about doing a psych in Las Vegas episode. And we had uh, we had broken down how we could <laughs> shoot in the casinos, and we had a pretty good story going. And we had the hotel lined up, and Henzi, of course, had a connection with somebody, and we were, we were starting to go down the road. And then... <laughs> And then the financial problem happened and very, very quickly that went out the window and there was no way we were ever going to do it. So we still wanted to go somewhere. We still wanted right. to take it there. And I go, I know exactly where we can take this. It's an international place. It's called Canada. And uh, <laughs> and it was just and the once dollar again, was very strong at the time. Exactly. So it was it was another instance of us taking a uh, taking a lemon and and making lemonade out of it. Steve, here's the uh, here's the good news about the Vegas story. We have several more movies to film. I know. I yes. Know. Bloop, bloop. And, Let's and go to we, Vegas. That'll be fun. And when we get to Psych the movie one in the uh, in the whole rotation of this. Um, we will talk about where we were hoping to shoot some of that, but that is uh, that's for everybody to wait, you know, for uh, um, you know five more seasons, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a mystery for all of us. It's going to be very oh, exciting. Fun. So, you heard it so here stay first. Stay tuned for you know fifty <laughs> plus sixty seventy. I don't know how many more there are. But They'll be here before you know it. We've already we've been doing this a year, and we're already in season four. I know you so, guys are going too fast. I, I think, think we you might need to be. slow it down just a little bit. Do we need to slow down, guys? This I, I is think like, I want to I would like to savor it a little more. Maybe we need to savor it a little more. I don't know. Psycho's way in. I mean, like this might be like a this we could we'd be through eight seasons in no time. Maybe we maybe we do some fun in-betweens. Anyway, we're brainstorming here, but I think, yeah, I think that might be something we can discuss um before we answer that maggie i have to point out your hair looks quite amazing today oh gosh thank you so much there's, there's a lot I of body going on going to uh i'm sort of half ready because i'm going to my nephew is starring at his school in uh willy wonka and uh the play and i am tonight is opening night so after we finish our pod i'm going to be out to uh going out there to watch my nephew so i'm i got like cool. half ready so thank you you've got some farah going it's good <laughs> it's a little farah yeah <laughs> it's good that's going to be fantastic and uh, hopefully he'll keep acting long enough to put him in psych the movie eight 
I mean, look, depending on what we've got, it's like the movie eight, one, two, three, four. I mean, yeah, he'll be a teenager then. Yeah, that'll be so, perfect. Yeah. We're booking actors Jack, for, for Jack, Psych 8. You're booked uh, <laughs> for Psych 8 in 2025. I'm twenty three. How about 2023, where we just, just do a whole a bunch? We just make a whole bunch of them right in a yes. row, really quickly. Yes. Would that be um, financially more efficient to just knock them out and back them all up? That's right. Oh, oh. My, my door just oh. magically shut. Whoa. That was cool. <laughs> it's very exciting. <laughs> We're having Did you visitors. do that with your um, mind, Steve? Guys, should we get into the episode? Should <gasps> we? But I don't know, Maggie. Are you ready to podcast the shit out of our fourth season? I have just been ready, chomping at the bit to get to this day. So, yes, I am ready to podcast the shit out of season four and our season four premiere. Steve, are you ready to podcast the shit out of it with us? That's the I am. I'm going to go above and beyond when Tim's not here doing just the regular amount of podcasting. And we're going to go right to podcasting the shit out of it. And I am so proud to be here. And I'm so happy to be here with you, Tim. Um, it's great to see your um, amazing, handsome face. And uh, I love this episode. This episode means so much to me. And it's fulfilling so many of my childhood dreams. And the character of Despero is, is the character that I really wanted to add to our crazy little mix right from the beginning. And we get to celebrate the beautiful city of Vancouver. So let's get into it. Ah, like what an intro. I Cannot love this. Wait. Can't wait. Okay, let's go. Episode one, Extradition, British Columbia. Pineapple sighting, guys. Um, didn't even try on this. And I was so excited to watch it. I, I totally didn't even bother. I missed it. Wait, Steve, tell us. It is the balloon artist in the, uh, in one of the very last, um, sections of the movie. And, uh, when Sean has set up this date and he's actually inadvertently taking Juliet through it, the so balloon funny. artist has created a pineapple instead of a balloon animal, a balloon pineapple. And it's on the table right there overlooking the, uh, the Capilano river and uh, it's one of my favorite pineapples ever. It's not my all-time favorite because somebody completely topped me. <gasps> but uh, it's it's one of the greatest. And what is uh, your favorite? My favorite one is have you seen the one where they go in the club and there's a digital screen that goes over them and it looks like it's just a bunch of uh, of of crazy lights going over them. But then when you look closely, it's a pineapple. It's a shape of a pineapple. Stop it's about it. Two hundred lights that sort of flow overhead it's it's really great i think it's season seven or eight. Oh, i love that now we got something to look forward to all right let's jump in cold open young sean flies through the kitchen only to be stopped by henry who just got off the phone with his school apparently sean was the only student who didn't turn in his art project for school but sean claims that someone stole it he states it's the perfect crime and henry retorts back that there's no such thing as a perfect crime Cut to <laughs> normal time. Sean and Gus interrupt Lassiter and Chief Fix meeting at the station only to make fun of Lassie's new haircut, which <laughs> is, I liked it. Um, but okay, I, now I, I did come say, back. Explain, I like, explain what, uh, you came in with this this drastic new do, right? Yeah, so, yes. I mean, y'all know that I'm all about my hair. So how I was, it's funny because out of Lassiter, who's one of the characters who changes, I would and argue almost the least, in the show, I think my hair changed the most through the course of the series. But at some point, it's weird because I thought I buzzed my hair right after the last day of work on season one. 
Because oh, I, I have a uh-huh. pretty good memory of going into the into the makeup trailer and Adina buzzed my hair after after I was wrapped on last day of season one. But I guess not. I guess I did it over the hiatus between seasons three and four. Yeah, yeah. Tim, can I ask you a question about that? Because yeah, James does that too. And is that so we can't possibly call you back to do any reshoots? No, it's just because I, I always get bored and uh, I like to change my look whenever I'm done with a role, if I can. <laughs> it's so, I, I did that too at the end of every season. I would do something fun for the the six month hiatus and I would make either Adina cut my hair or Cody cut my hair toward the end. But I would either like, I'd like cut bangs or cut layers or one year. And I know Steve and Chris really appreciated this, Chris more than Steve probably. I chopped it all off. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you chop it off and go dark at the same time? I chopped it off. I didn't go dark. I think I went dark um, the year before. So it wasn't as blonde as it as it had been. And my thought was like, well, we can just use extensions for like, you know, uh, going forward. And I everybody approved it, which was so nice. Uh, but it was a dramatic change. Hang on. Is this when you kind of had it in the bob? Yeah. I and it was kind of like a you. curly bob. I think it would have been it. I a little. That, so. I liked it. I liked it. But I, I think that, uh, I think cop wise, it would have, I, it would have been better, I, a little more kind of blunt and straight and tough. See, this and is the constant like, Sophie's choice actors and actresses always have to go for. <laughs> but what you know looks what? best for the character? What looks best for you in real life? But you yeah. know what? We have to accept some of the blame because as writers and producers, here we are, we're writing a season premiere that takes place. 10 seconds after the season finale ended. So there was no time for Lasseter to go outside and come back and, and, and change his hair or, you know, especially when the scenes are connecting. So for us, if we would just end the season and then not have the next thing happen, but that's, you know, that's the thing that the network wants. That's why I can never grow my, I can never grow my massive Hemingway. I always wanted to in between seasons during the hiatus. Yeah, so, you gotta um, have a cliffhanger, and a cliffhanger is best when it picks up right where it leaves off. It's it's tough. It's a tough one. Yeah. So, so I never know how I got this one approved by Hensy, but Steve, thank you, or Chris Hensy, thank you for um, letting me buzz my hair because I really love that. I mean, I don't think Allison liked it a lot, but um, I loved that <laughs> that the buzz on me for long, and it was super easy. And I ended up doing it several over several years, various degrees of like, let's try it, and now let's try a number two comb. Let's try number <laughs> one. Number one, we realized is very short on me. With these, with these ears, not a, not necessarily a good look. I, I remember we saw your hair and we realized, oh, we have to we have to acknowledge it. And so Andy and I were like, okay, what can we uh, what can we add? And I think that was an Andy Berman that your hair start its own cult um, <laughs> edition. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but that Tim, was... you you look great in in any kind of hairstyle. So it uh, it really is a, it's not a Sophie's choice. It's a it's a it's a dealer's choice. Hey. Thanks, that's now, a like, good I also, line, I gotta, Steve. I got to point out in this scene, one thing that did not change over <laughs> hiatus, Karen Vick is still maximum collar poppage. Oh, yes. Love it. Love the pop collar still. I love it. It looks so good on her. It's like a, it, I get why we didn't change that or why, why she even didn't fight that. It's like, no, that's my thing. Okay. I'm trying to look at my notes too. One of my favorite bits, define actual, define police. The back right. and forth of those couple of lines. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have I, wall of suspects. Lassie's new hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. These are my notes. Define actual. Define police. Wait. It's good. Lassie's I, new hair. All exclamation points, all caps. 
Mm-hmm. I am guilty of using the line define blank over and over again. So it was fun to sort of take it to its illogical conclusion. And uh, that was that was really fun. And then the Lasser Wall of Suspects was sort of the catalyst for this idea when I was watching the cut for Lassie Did a Bad, Bad Thing, one of my favorite episodes. Uh, I, I thought, wouldn't it be fun if we had planted on that wall of suspects something that happened in the next season or the season after and we hadn't come up with the Despero thing yet. So what I wanted to do was go back to that house. Um, unfortunately, I remembered how much money we get per episode for Psych. So there was no chance in that. So you'll notice the recreation from the Wall of Suspects is very tight. <laughs> we shot like <laughs> on the soundstage with a bare wall. And uh, oh my we gosh. just had to do it very close up. Well, it looks very good. So that just goes to show you uh, how, how good you guys are. And movie magic. I love, love tying things to other episodes and and doing, you know, whether whether it's foreshadowing or after the fact foreshadowing. Uh, Jimmy was on for Yang and he was talking about the Yang's theme um, being for his, for that song, but it, which is one of my favorite songs of the 14, the, the that Jimmy and, and, and Allie is so good. So but, but he is the first person in, I don't know, has it been nine years who has noticed that? And that is Yang's theme. The beginning of the song is Yang's theme, the theme from there. And then yeah. it drifts into a new melody. The um, the melody actually is when you're making up a song, but as sort of a dirgy <laughs> thing. And then it turns into the big grandiose, you know, style of, uh, of something from Les Mis. But that was... Uh, Adam came to me and said, Hey, I want to do something with, uh, with, with Yang's theme. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's so great. So it's like, let's put words to it. Uh And, um, and so, you know, that of course is the great Adam Cohen and, uh, and of course, Jimmy noticing it. Of course uh, he noticed it. Yeah. Steve, you are blowing my mind right now. That's incredible, Steve. (laughs) No, I love this. I love this. This is like a fun Yang bit as well. And musical bit. Yeah. Yeah. And it ties to last season of the psychologists are in. And and that. And I'm sure we'll have you back at some point, too, Steve, uh, for this season, because we can't be without you. Do me one favor, Steve. If you do um, guest co-host again, please continue to only bring just enough, not not quite podcast this shit out of it. Because okay. I don't be out of a job, because this, this is the highlight of my week. Tim, nobody in the world could ever replace you. So no. I, I, am, I am merely trying to keep a chair warm for when you are traveling abroad and... Uh, and uh, I, could ne- I could never do many of the things that you do. And so I just bring my own, um, my own brand of nonsense to it. And uh, Well, that particular so brand fun. of nonsense is delicious. Yes. It was, or it's delicioso. So All right. So here we are. Chief, uh, they're having a meeting at Lassie's New Haircut. Sean and Gus mentioned they want to want an advance on their case money because they have a big ski vacation planned and none other than Whistler, British Columbia. <laughs> How convenient. enjoying the slopes, Sean recognizes a man, but can't exactly put his finger on why. Yes. Hold on. This is, of course, a very psychotic moment coming up. Show first, Pierre Despero, played by the uh, intensely handsome and wonderfully kind Carrie Elways. Yes. Uh, Steve, I have to ask, the skiing shots, were those the stunt doubles or were those like like stock ski shots from other, because I know that was not James and Dulé. That was huh. definitely not James and Dulé. And one of the greatest 
production days of my life. And uh, all of my greatest production days um, ha- are involving with Carrie. So mm, <laughs> there's just like, that. we have so much in, in Indian Ashan when, when we're driving in the boat and doing all that. But this was a fantastic day that uh, we weren't in Whistler. We were actually up in Mount Seymour, which is uh, very close within the zone, as they say, and a bus ride away rather than Whistler. That's, I don't know, 90 minutes, 45 minutes. So that wasn't yeah. Cyprus? It's a long, it's a long way, but we did go, we did go scout Whistler and it was really, it was really funny because it's so beautiful and it's just the most amazing place. And as we were coming back on the scout van, I look over to the side of the road and there's like a big bear. Like, I don't know if it's black bear because maybe they don't have black bears up there. It's a bear literally scratching its back against (laughs) a tree. And I'm like, is this audio animatronic? It can't possibly be this perfect. And it was uh, it was extraordinary. And we had the greatest plan ever for this shoot because, you know, obviously we couldn't we couldn't do a couple ski days and shoot up in uh, Whistler. We knew we had to shoot some of the stuff in Mount Seymour Mm because we couldn't fly the whole um, crew up there. But what the original plan was is they were going to shoot at Whistler in the morning and then they were going to bring a helicopter and fly me and the DP back down to Mount Seymour. I would have been the first time I've been in a uh, helicopter and we were going to go back and forth and we're going to get to shoot the two things on the same day. So the weather would be the same because, you know, uh-huh. you never know right. what, what it was going to be. And, and then the sorry, budget this was still, came in. This was still a gorgeous Mike McMurray, right? Yes, Exactly. So the budget came in and that plan was immediately gone. <laughs> I have still never been on a helicopter. <laughs> so instead of the helicopter, they they offered a tandem mountain bike. A exactly. tandem mountain bike. <laughs> exactly. But we did do something, we did do something that was super clever. And once again, when when you all have your own television shows, there's Sean and Gus, who you see on one side, and then we had to shoot the other direction looking at the ski lift. There's no, there's no ski lift at uh at mount seymour that i can remember or, or at least it, it wasn't going to look like whistler so what also, we did this day is, was like entire fog right yes yes exactly there's a lot of fog that day but so what we did is we had someone who walks behind james and Dulay, and then they go across and they walk behind where um where carrie is and the ski lift is and we were gonna we were gonna just get someone to do that, and we realized that was gonna be too expensive. So what we did, we got two sets of twins, and we brought <gasps> one set of tw- one of a, of each to Mount Seymour, and brought the other ones up to Whistler. Stop and it. so there's two. Uh, <laughs> so, You're so joking. It, yeah, this is real. Really yeah, it was it was uh, it was such a great idea. And the such funny a thing idea. is. I think in the cut, you can't see the other person. So really, it was all for naught. <laughs> but it's but such it, a good story now. Yeah, and so when was, people yeah, watch the episode, oh, it's so good. That's yeah, so it's really good. good. You see the two girls who walk behind uh, James and Dulé. And I don't know if you see them once they go over onto Carrie's, uh, onto Carrie's side. But uh, but it would have been an amazing plan, and I think we might have done it. Um, but yeah, the ski section; those guys were those Warren Miller ski guys, and uh, um, and the guy we got to do carry stuff was great. But to me, the skiing guy is always really good. But the guy who's filming him going 
backwards yeah. doing the same thing on skis is the real hero for all of this. And it was just extraordinary to see this dude skiing backwards. And, uh, and so that, was not our dear, all... that was not our dear Marco Ciccone? No, it was not Marco <laughs> Ciccone. Who gets name checked in this episode yes, later? Yes, he does. Oh, That's I right. It. It's right in my notes. Um, I did have a, in my notes, I had a question. How many times did you watch hot dogs before filming this sequence? <laughs> Well, you know what? When I was younger, way too many times. But with this one, we were also sharing, we were sharing the slopes with hot tub time machine. So when we got up there, there were all these 1980s things in Mount Seymour. So whenever I see that movie, I go, that was the day we were up there shooting our our thing. Hilarious. And we had exactly one day to do it. Uh, And so we sent the team up to Whistler. We sent us to Mount Seymour and we were fogged in pretty thick. You can see it at the beginning. And then it ends up clearing up as we start going down uh, the slopes and whatnot. Whistler was too fogged in. They never shot that day. So they had to go a second unit on a different day. But we got all the James and Dulé stuff, which was even more fun to shoot because that, I believe, was Marco. And we were on, Marco and I were on the back of a snowmobile and the, the boys were being towed by the snowmobile up and down doing their uh, doing their pizza yeah. and french fries yeah. uh, thing. And we went up and down the hill and up and down. We did carry stuff uh, on the same day. Oh, my God. So it was just like going up there. And we had, you know, we had like a, a, a nice um, little run. It, was, it wasn't like a, a super steep, wasn't like a, a diamond or one of right. those. What, I don't know how they rate them, but. Right. Uh, that's a, that's a black, yeah, black diamond. Or, black diamond. Yes, there we something. go. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool, Steve. That's. That's like a whole other skill shooting in an element like that, like elements like that. That's like, that's crazy. Yeah. It was just so fun too, you know, and, and yeah, you are so much at the mercy of the clouds and the sun and you can, you can see parts of it. Nowadays, we would have just replaced the sky, uh, which is pretty much easy. But back then we couldn't afford that. We we were nowhere near that. So you'll notice that sometimes when, when you're on Sean and Gus, it's very, very dark and boggy Uh and then they look over and there's Despero and it's, uh, and he's skiing uh, in bright sunshine. Well, that's just because Kerry brings his own sunshine with him. That's the kind of, that's his personality. Exactly. And by the way, Kerry is um, wearing a red ski cap, or as I like to call it, the Snoopy house red ski cap. (laughs) Oh, there we have a wardrobe. We have a color. Snoopy House Red. I love it. Losing my job. So cute. Hang on. Okay, I missed no in that in that case, I missed it. It, That's in the Pepto Drink family. First Pepto Drink of season four, everybody. First Pepto Drink. There (laughs) it is. Knock it back. Knock it back, kids. Snoopy House Red. Think about your favorite bra you have right now. What is so great about it? Chances are it's not anything the bra does. It's more the things it doesn't do. Have weird gaps, show through your t-shirts, dig into your shoulders. Same thing with underwear. You reach for the ones that don't write up and don't give you a panty line. Your bra and underwear should make your outfit better, not worse. That's what's so great about Bare Necessities. Bare Necessities is the biggest online intimate apparel retailer offering over 140 of the best brands all in one place. They put fit and comfort above all else, so they're all about size inclusivity. Band sizes 28 to 58, cup sizes double A to O, also extra small to five extra large, five times extra large. With so many options, finding the right bra isn't always intuitive, so they offer a bra finder fit quiz that points you in the right direction in just a few clicks. I loved this quiz. It was so helpful. 
Bare Necessities also has a team of bra fit experts available on hand to help you find your perfect bra. Give them a call or start a live chat to get your complimentary personalized fitting. It's the convenience of shopping online with the service of a neighborhood boutique. They've been getting feedback for over 20 years. They know what their customers love and hate and need in their bras and lingerie. That's why they started their brand, Bare by Bare Necessities. You guys, I recently just started wearing Bare Necessities. I All of this is true and then some. It is the most comfortable. Uh, it doesn't show anything, but it's also really pretty. I I like I like wearing something really pretty, even if it's just for me. So I love that it has all those things. I got this beautiful color and it I'm I'm obsessed. I have become obsessed. Right now, get 20% off your Bare Necessities order when you go to barenecessities.com and use code PINEAPPLE20. That's code PINEAPPLE20 at barenecessities.com to get 20% off. Barenecessities.com, code PINEAPPLE20. Some exclusions apply. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Okay, in the most epic flashback, Sean recalls Lassie's wall of suspects and recognizes that the man is, in fact, Pierre Despero, the most wanted international art thief. Yes, Tim. Before we jump to that, I got to call out the brand new season four credits, which have snippets of some oh, of the yeah. most psychotic moments of the past couple of seasons. There's um, Lassiter's bullet catch. There's the uh, amazing Juliet speech. From mm-hmm. the from Yang and the from um, Yang. Yep. snack bar. Yeah, we have some new we have new clips. I always loved seeing that because we didn't we don't know we didn't know you know that's something that goes on behind the scenes. So like the the show comes out season four and we're like oh look at the new <laughs> look at the new opening. Or if credits. it's me, me and my ego, like oh I got a, I got an extra second in my in my credit in my title. Tim, you you cannot have an episode come on without seeing that bullet going flying because it's, it is the coolest shot we ever did. It's so cool. It's so cool. It, it is. was great. And you know, a lot of people say, I'm um, not a lot of people, but some people say, now I'm sounding like I'm lying, but they weren't necessarily like, you don't have to update the uh, the opening credits every year. But to us, it was so fun. And we, we always had Alder this Dash. new footage we wanted to, we wanted to, you know, bring in. And sometimes it was like, oh God, but we hate to lose the one from last year. And so sometimes we would let some um, um, roll over for for quite a bit, but uh, it was always fun just to keep updating them. And because we, we brought new gold every season. Yes, That's exactly, it. exactly. And new haircuts. So Steve, if you said that was the coolest shot ever, me. So we need to talk about how season three gave both Mags and I our most cool visual shots ever. Me with the bullet catch, Maggie with shooting the. Um, Bad guy in the hands. Oh, that's alert. right. And oh, Tuesday yes, the yeah, Tuesday seventeen. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. That was really cool. I looked very. I got to be a badass Juliet. That might be my first like real big badass Juliet moment. That was so awesome. And and James, by the way, was so good on the Tuesday the seventeenth. Uh, it was so funny. Be- I was so worried we were n- we were never going to be able to see that we were looking through a hand. I was so yeah. nervous about uh, about that, and it really ended up coming up coming off really so cool. really cool. 
Okay, Sean calls Lassie to let him know he found Pierre, and Lassie tells him to back off. It's his case. Of course, Sean hangs up the call and, and yells, Pierre, to see if the guy looks over. He does, and then their chase scene commences. Sean and Gus use their impressive pizza and french fry technique, which we just talked about, to attempt to catch him. Except there's only one problem. They can't make a simple turn. So Pierre skis off into the distance. The slow, gentle turn was the only thing that they, the only move that they couldn't follow. Oh, so good. So good. Sean and Gus decide to um, go to the Mounties for help who need very little convincing of Sean's psychic abilities. Deputy Commissioner Ed Dykstra calls Lassiter to ask for Despero's files to be sent up. And Lassiter, who spent over six years tracking the thief, insists on being a part of the investigation. Ed Dykstra was a driver on psych for years. And uh, he was, uh, well, one of our favorites. He was one of the OGs. And he was, it yeah, was he, very was a, sweet. he was one of our original uh, cast OGs. Absolutely. He was the, the gentlest, most folksy, soft-spoken guy of uh, of all time. And, sweet Ed uh, with so his we, Wilford Brimley mustache. He would tell the sweetest stories. He did have the sweetest voice sometimes that was also hard to hear just because he was so soft-spoken. But he would be telling these stories, you, and you wanted to, to hear everything he was saying. But sometimes he was just, he was so gentle that you had to say, like, Ed, I can't hear you. No, it was con- like, there was oh, a constant refrain in when Maggie and I were in the car, especially me with my bad hearing. It was like, Ed, what? Because he's like, anyway, over there, that that's where we did that one. Um, oh, you know, right over there. Right over there. You had corner, a very kind of sing like, song. Ed, what the hell are you saying? Yes. Ed, that's right. Of course, yeah. I'm pulling into the microphone. So, yes, that's, um, oh, look at that. And he was, I believe he was a star watcher because he would talk about um, constellations. So it's like, he's talking about, Confusing constellations, big words, and I can't hear them. <laughs> Andy used to do a perfect, like a, a spot on, could call the credit card company and change his information impression of Ed. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was uh, ideal and fantastic. And we do like to immortalize people in uh, in our own small way. The location of the RCMP is a spot that you and I know very well. It was right. Yeah. Up, it was in the. Uh, I can't remember the actual name. Of the, it was that international, like. It was right next to the casino, Max. International yes, Plaza. And you see the casino Plaza. later yeah. in the show. I have it in my notes. Yeah. Look, look, I two-sided my uh, my notes this time. So I, The <laughs> locations were so fun to find just because, like, we know the city so well. And it was like, even uh, we were in Deep Cove at one point. I mean, that's coming oh, up when we gosh, arrive. Yes. And like, oh, my God, some of the most beautiful places. And we got to shoot got everything of, as well. I got one of the greatest neck sunburns in the Deep Cove that I've ever gotten. <laughs> sitting out on love it. Sitting out on that little uh that we're sitting outside by the water all day shooting that plane scene. But that's coming up later. By the way, did you guys notice um when when Sean was flashing back to the uh to the wall of suspects that we had filmed a whole bunch of uh, new footage and Dan Miller is in there and a lot oh, of the uh a lot of the camera Miller. crew is yeah. uh is in there as well. So we love our we love our crew and we love our and we loved we loved Ed Dykstra. Yes, exactly. We, should have, we actually should have gotten Ed to be one of the uh, the criminals, although he looks he looks too kind to be a criminal. Too kind. Way too kind. No one would buy it. He looks like Santa Claus just without a beard. Just yes. it's like if Santa Claus just had a mustache. Uh-huh. Or mustache, that would be that would be a doctor. When we talk about locations, Maggie having just being having just been in Vancouver, literally the drive from the airport to the someplace hotel. It was the entire time I was like, Oh, that's where I shot sometimes. Oh, we shot that, we shot that shot there. I remember that church, I remember that alleyway. Everywhere. We shot, I mean, eight years. Every we street 
and Editing movies. downtown, I was like, oh, it was just such a flood of wonderful memories. Yeah. And we always says, Tim and I always send each other a picture of the clock tower if we can. But I couldn't get my camera out in time and I couldn't get the clock tower this time. I did get like part of the steeple of the church from our first scene though, which was my last day from the hotel to the airport. I was able to pull out the, like driving past the, um, the Sheraton Wall Center where I used to live. And literally it's like, oh, that's where I used to take Lucy, Lucy out for walks. And Aww. every yeah. corner was just like, it's just a flood of memories. I always say that that I'll never know another city, including my own, as much as I know Vancouver, because just scouting, I think I've been inside every building in the entire city. And uh, you know, yeah. we've seen a, you go and look at an apartment here. You look at the, you look at the ground floor here. You go look at a business. So I have been more places in Vancouver than I'll ever hope to be in any other place that uh, that I can visit in my lifetime. Yeah, you missed something very important. As they're walking out of the um, RCMP office, we missed the show first mentalist joke. There's an exchange between um, Ed and James with a yes, no, yes, no. And it's, it's James is a throwback to the Tim Curry new. Yes. No, no, exactly. Oh, that was good. I caught, I wrote that down too. Um, okay. So now we are in Deep Cove, this beautiful place we shot. Lassie and Jules arrive in Canada just in time to meet Sean and Gus at Despero's la- latest crime scene. Everyone refers to Sean as head detective, which of course agitates Lassie to no end. Evidence shows the Pierre has stolen an antique necklace worth several million dollars. Sean notices a spot on the wall where a painting used to be and assumes Despero stole that as well. The owner, owner says he sold that painting two weeks ago. Yes, Tim. So the scene of you and I coming off the bus is one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah. It's and very it's, cute. It just, it, it's, there's also, there's, there's a, to me, there was a noticeable shift in our relationship. Like it became much more sort of playful and joking the last show. Yeah. Hour. We're very comfortable now. We're just very, co- now we just, well, now we just joke. We're like an old thank married you for couple. Thank you for letting me use your miles. You think you bring me along. Well, if you, if you didn't like, if I didn't bring you along, you wouldn't use your miles. Yes. <laughs> that was uh, that was so great. And you guys together, like, and you being so upset that they wouldn't let you carry a loaded pistol yeah, I've got on to get a plane. Get my hands oh. on the gun. Is so hilarious. So good. And you and, you give me shit for oh yeah you'll you when I say I'll pick one up at the hotel again the gift <laughs> shop next to the mixed nuts and the bottles of water. But yeah. it was a very um, <laughs> it's much lighter um, exchange between the two, which made me laugh. No, it's sweet. And I got to point out, O'Hara decided to go to Canada. In the brightest of daiquiri ice blue sweaters, she packed her, she packed her daiquiri ice blue for this trip. But I packed a good coat and a good headpiece. You're wearing um, dead Smokey the Bear collar. So that, <laughs> right, that, feels, that feels right. And, uh, and Tim, I have you in Skype blue. And then later when you do the tie, it's a crew of Bacchus Mardi Gras parade tie. Oh, boy. So there we go. Oh, it's so good. Well, I, I, can't, I can't not touch that. That is it's excellent. And, it, okay. and if you notice too, Gus is in the Costco non-denominational holiday wrapping paper two-pack purple, as they call it. So, <laughs> I was really it's excited. The and Tim, there was a there was a psych first um, that you missed in, just before you go to Canada, and it's one of my favorite things. And I don't know if, if anybody did it but me, but I think I did it with you three times because I couldn't go to the well enough. And that is the bit of. Lassiter at that little table in Chief Vic's office with Juliet and and the chief um, doing something wildly inappropriate. And uh, we're close on you and you scream and you yell and you slam the phone down. And then we pull back to realize you're sitting six inches away from the chief and Juliet. Yeah. And I still miss that. <laughs> having, having a loud and, uh, and angry Obnoxious. conversation. Yes, and, this is very uh, good. 
It's uh, it's so good. It's back. so good that I end up doing it later. I have you end up pulling back um, with your moving chair, which also makes the credits in the in the mummy episode. Oh, that's the super big lean back, right? Yes, exactly. Oh so, yeah, uh, that's right. And there's a there's a third time I do it. I think it's it's later. So it was just me, but it was one of my favorite bits. And nobody ever used that little table in the chief's office. It was always just <laughs> sitting there. It was basically where everybody put their cell phones and their, and their sides. sides. Yeah. While we were shooting, was, and like, why not look over here? So, so it's. It's pretty fun. Okay, full disclosure. When I was doing my notes, I might have been drinking, so I might have to. Um, I'm gonna have to rewatch this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna rewatch it again after this episode too, because now Steve is saying all this, and I want to go back and see everything. Well, and there's another thing too. When we get to the when we first get in there, and, and uh, Macintosh is talking about the head detective, that actor who plays Stockwell is Andrew McElroy, who's also in If You're So Smart, Why Are You Dead. Oh, so, that's where I was like, we, I, we use him again. He's so good. But yeah. like, I know this person. Okay. We got to call out Macintosh, Big Apple, our, uh, our amazing, Mac was the Dolly Grip, right? Macintosh. Oh yeah, we did. Was, Macintosh, yes. that's right. The Big yeah, Apple yeah. was named like, Macintosh. Our played, six fat, our six foot that's five. That's Big Apple. Dolly Grip. So that's yeah. where the Macintosh comes from. Yeah. That's right. And played oh, by the so hilarious sweet. Peter Oldring. I knew I love he was it. funny as we were shooting, but then watching back, I was like, oh my gosh, this, this guy is so much funnier than I realized on the day. Yeah, no, he's very, very, very funny. He's very good. And he has a really great energy that's different from James and Dulé's, yeah. but is still as bouncy and fast as uh, as I as I prefer to uh, have everybody talk. Yes, <laughs> he's so sweet. He's so he's so pure. He's so innocent. He's just the great. He's, he's perfectly cast. And he's, he could not he's be more funny. Canadian. Cannot yeah. be more Canadian. I have to, pull out, I have to call it a uh, side degree of separation here. Okay. In the scene in the RMCP's office, there's a female RMCP officer or office assistant who's played by, uh, no, she's a, a female constable played by Jordana L- L- Largi. Okay. And uh, Jordana and I did, um, years later, would do another film in Vancouver that uh, family classic live action Woody Woodpecker oh, from, oh, from wow. Universal, which Love I think it. is available on Peacock, if not Netflix. Is she, is she the brunette who has the baby that has the fingerprints on the belt? Or do uh, if you, I don't know if you remember because, uh, you know, we've both been drinking. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. She no, has dark hair. She has dark hair. And Woodward, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's the, uh, yes. she's the, that is uh, her. That is her. She's the park rancher. I love it. Lassiter sees all the telltale signs of Despero. No fingerprints, no alarms tripped, and a uh, signature cigarette burning in the ashtray. Sean notices a flower blowing in the breeze. Looks outside the window and finds Pierre climbing up to the roof. So we're we're, we're in the the Cole Harbor apartment now, right? And that and that French cigarette, I always remember being very um, trying to get really in my head about how to correctly pronounce the French name of this French cigarette, Martian Sums Blonde, I believe. The so like Martian Tous Blonde, which Martian by the way we blonde. we made up because I, know, so I, I kept fumbling over that instead of Steve, like how to pronounce this. He's like, I know, I just made it up. <laughs> Martian Tous Blonde. Blonde. <laughs> The big season four first, the very first wait for it. I got, I got, I, ha- I have oh, that's that right. too. And Carrie gets to turn one back on. It's, I think, one of the first times that wait for it has been turned back on, Sean, in the uh, in the history of the show as well. Now, that is the inside yeah. dope why we brought you on, Steve. <laughs> exactly. Later that evening, Sean and Gus arrive at dinner, and Gus wonders how they got a reservation since you have to make them months in advance. And Sean only invited Gus on the trip on Friday. As they argue about those logistics, Sean spots Despero across the room, waving them over. To make things interesting, Despero writes down everything he is going to do on this trip. 
grab a manet, make them look foolish, and treat himself like a king. Yes. And the um, the maitre d' who's very upset that he's riding on a cloth napkin is yes. played by the by the Miranda Sleep funny Jonathan Holmes, who is yeah. the um, the wickedly funny desk clerk in Psy versus Psy. So I was really glad to see you brought him back. Very, very. He, he is very yeah, funny. No, I wrote that down too. He gets bonus points for just the way he says Baroque. With <laughs> uh, the cough sound. He's perfectly snobby and I love it. Sean retorts back that he's going to get some maple candy, a walking stick, and catch an international art thief. Sean and Gus are distracted by a flaming baked Alaska. Pierre disappears again. Okay, this scene, as I was watching it, I was like, there's something so cool about this episode that it, it like ramps up in the adventure and these like stunts and this wildness. And then this scene is like, these people are sitting at a table, they're having a conversation and you let the whole thing breathe. Like it, everybody takes a breath before it like ramps up again. And I was like, you know, I obviously we, you know, it's a fast moving show anyway. So, you know, the, and we always give the right scenes that kind of time. But there was something so special about, I feel like this, th there's something very um, Bond-ish or something going on in the scene that I was, I was, I was really taken by it. I wrote that down. I was like, well, well done, was, Steve. Th thank you for, by the way, noticing that. Because that was also, it was totally by design of like, here's this mayhem. And there's just like, it's mayhem on mayhem to start this episode. Yeah. And we wanted a moment where we breathe. And we also need this, this scene is really important because it's the moment that Sean realizes he is so enamored of Despero and he is so cool. And <laughs> exactly. you had to give that time. And, you know, it was, it was hard to edit because sometimes it was too slow and it was too, uh, it was taking its time a little too much. So we were, we were balancing out a, a lot of that and Carrie's so good in it. And, you know, and we knew we had, we knew we had like the funny things we wanted to get to. We're telling a lot of the story. That yeah. is a, that is a, um, a big like hall in, in Stanley park that we shot during the day when, when they walk by a door, you can actually see the crack of sunlight from outside and yeah. that hall. Steve, because I've, once again, question that I've always wondered what, so Despero is basically David Niven in the Pink Panther, right? Well, and that's mm. the that's the exact um, origin of that of that this scene. It's exactly it's a Blake Edwards oh, sort Panther, of right. thing yes. of of you know that sort of very very classy you know gentle international gentleman of leisure. Yeah, and uh, and it's a lot of that is drawn from it. Yeah, and uh, and it's sort of that sort of thing with with the crazy that's going to follow it. Carrie plays that so well. And, you know, we knew we had Sean riding on the cloth napkins and the, the fact that they were distracted by, by, by fire. Now riddle me this. How on earth did we get Carrie always to come to our show? I don't know. I still, I still <laughs> don't know. I love that man. We had so much fun. He was the only person that would come up that I would end up hanging out with the whole time. He'd bring his kids and we would go to the science yeah. center and to the aquarium and, and do all of the things. And uh, it's, it's just really fun. And the great thing is we did four of these and they, they are go in order of the later ones become my favorite. So they get more fun for me each time. And, uh, and then and the, became the, like uh, a great friend of the show. Eventually he was it our second Comic-Con appearance that he... Um, Monitored? That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, was, he was a moderator for... Uh, or moderator, 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 not a monitor. And moderated, yeah. Here's something, here's something amazing about Carrie, too, is like sometimes we'd have actors come on and when people would be, you know, reluctant to, um, to talk to the general 
um, people asking questions or want to do the the key f- phrase from one of their movies. There's Carrie gets a lot of as you wish from people, and yeah. he's so gracious and so warm to people, and and he, he welcomes and invites it. And I think everybody who walks away having an encounter with Carrie feels better about themselves and the world around them. And it's, uh, it's really, it's really pretty extraordinary. And, uh, uh, you know, just charm coming out of his ears. He Makes is. Me angry. And so kind. Well, okay. What you just said is absolutely, we just, and Max and I just ran into Carrie at Fanex in Salt Lake City. Yeah. He was sweet and kind enough to obviously take photographs with myself and, and Allison, who was, she was quite a giddy, immediately, text that picture to all her friends of her and Carrie so damn charming and stupidly handsome still uh yes exactly he, he seems to get better looking uh, as uh, as we go he does uh, he does he's very just handsome. makes me angry okay the guys then go to the Mounties where Sean divines that Despero is going to steal a Manet that night divines the only Manet in town is on the yacht of former billionaire now millionaire <laughs> William Pulver Sean and Which Jules awkwardly my best friend from high school so there you go. Ah, uh, love. Oh, this is just chock full of so many good, so many good names. Sean yeah. and Jules awkwardly talk during the stakeout. Love this whole whisper. I remember so this day, this like it was yesterday. It then was cop- so cold that night. You were so lucky to be dressed like that. So cold. And I was so happy. Uh, <laughs> then the cops pounce when they see a shadow moving on the docks, but it just turns out to be a surprise dock worker. From the dock, Sean can see into the yacht and discovers that the Manet is gone and replaced with the clown painting. While on a romantic carriage ride, <laughs> Gus figures out <laughs> that he was an Tim, right there, by the way. By the way, sorry, the, no. that is the Plaza of Nations, and you can yes. see the Park Park Vancouver Casino right behind uh, you guys. Which I bl- am I wrong to remember this? That you guys went in there for a little time during your break during the day. Yes. I would not. I mean, I was trying to remember if we did or not. I, I certainly wouldn't put it past us. I attempted to go in there because I've I've never went inside a casino in uh, Vancouver, and I think I got as far as the door, and the radio buzzed, and they were looking for me. So it was uh, it was never to be uh, it was never to be done. But I did break the plane of the door. Um, just <laughs> got myself in there. I love and it, Maggie. That's where we um, discovered the crazy taxi, crazy driver. Oh, I love Taxi Driver. That's my favorite slot machine. Um, okay, Gu- See, Gus figures out. See, this is how we, we know each other. Yes, this, like, this is how we do Second only to uh, your, the Sex and the City slot machines that you love. Yes, yeah, second only. Second only to that. But that is a, that is a love, love a taxi. Love a wild taxi. Crazy Driver. Okay. Uh, uh, crazy <laughs> Driver. <laughs> you guys. I am a little obsessed with Butcher Box and specifically their turkey. It's very hard to find free range turkey without antibiotics, hormones, you know, humanely raised, all that stuff. And Butcher Box just makes it so easy. And it's also very good. I actually made a turkey dinner the other night and it was outstanding. What are the benefits of Butcher Box, you might ask? Peace of mind. ButcherBox takes the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or added hormones. And you get the ultimate convenience. Get just what you want delivered right to your doorstep. Free shipping for the continental U.S. and no surprise fees. 
Choose from a variety of box plan options from curated to customized and change your plan whenever you want. Plus, you get incredible value. Enjoy a range of high-quality cuts that are hard to come by at the grocery store at an amazing value. Exclusive member deals so you can save big on your favorite cuts. Recipe inspiration guides, tips, and hacks. Some are even personalized so you can cook up mouth-watering meals. I recently made uh, some chili. I think I talked about this last week, but I'm so proud of it. It was my grandpa's chili. Uh, I recently made it with the, um, the ground beef. It was so, so, so good. And it's just so nice because you just, you don't have to think about it. It takes a lot of time to sort of find that, that high quality meat, also humanely raised, also no antibiotics, hormones, all that stuff. You know, it takes a lot of research and knowing what you're getting sometimes is difficult. I just love ButcherBox. I love that they make it so easy. The main course for Thanksgiving dinner can sometimes be a main source of stress. Hence my trial run. Not anymore. ButcherBox is offering our listeners free turkey with their first order. Did you guys hear that? Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash pineapple and use code pineapple to get one 10 to 14 pound turkey free in your first box. That's such a good deal. That's butcherbox.com slash pineapple and use code pineapple to claim this deal. Uh, Sean planned for him and Abigail. So upset. Gus is upset now because he realizes uh, Sean planned this whole thing for Abigail. Gus kicks Sean off, making him walk back alone. While Sean walks with his good friends, the raccoons, he notices the distinctive roof of the hotel and remembers it can be seen from the roof of the condo building. When Despero said he was going into his room, he was looking right at it. Knowing that Despero travels under aliases, a famous artist, Sean tracks down his room and starts searching it in the dark, only for the lights to magically come on, revealing Despero is already there. He tells Sean as he packs his suitcase that it was fun while it lasted, but he's leaving town. Sean flinches at what he thinks is a gun, but it turns out to be Pierre's Marco Ciccone loafers. How does a show first? <laughs> a show first. Sean sees a receipt for dry cleaning that is due back in three days and realizes he's lying. The next day, the cops get a tip that Despero is leaving town, but Sean knows it's a diversion and insists Despero is going to steal one more thing. Sean remembers the last item on Despero's to-do list was to make him feel like a king. And Sean and his helpful police friend Macintosh figure out the target is the monarch butterfly crown currently housed in a museum. Sean realizes to beat Despero, he has to steal the crown first. And with the help of Macintosh, who helped install the security system, Sean and Gus break in. But the alarm somehow trips anyway, and they are soon surrounded by the armed Canadian SWAT team. Uh, this is the laser, right? Yes, that was uh, that was one of our favorite. We knew Andy and I knew we wanted to do the entrapment laser thing right from the beginning, and uh, it was really fun. It's beyond. It's actually I forgot, Steve. This is now one of my favorite. This is up there with one of my all time favorite psych bits ever. It is uh, so good. You can actually see Dulé doing it. Like he has oh, yeah. beads of sweat on his head. And then Sean's like, oh, we can walk right through. Like he tortures him so much sometimes. The great thing to know too is all of those lasers were actually added in post. So we actually just had to imagine where they were. So wait, Dulé just choreographed? Yeah, so we, we and it was, you know, it was obviously, um, it was obviously Dulé and, and the, you know, obviously he's a dancer. So he's the only yeah. one of us capable of pulling this off anyways, but uh, so, so much fun. 
so much fun to do. We did it in that actual um, in that actual building. Uh, and you know, there's so much, there's so much in there that, uh, that's just, it was so, Gold. it was really fun to do. And we had, this was like, we had like half a day to do this thing because this, this episode had so many things, you know, we were mm-hmm. shooting in Stanley park at night. We were setting up Sean's fear of raccoons. It's the night that oh, Michael so McMurray introduced me to shepherd's pie, which is the, one of the greatest oh. hot snacks of all time. <laughs> Yep, and that so was a very popular this one, day, especially on a cold I'll night. I'll order a shepherd's pie and think about that night. Also, another very, very cold night in uh, in Vancouver. And then Sean looks out over at the Harbor Center um, building, which I've never been in, but it has that iconic rotating restaurant, you know, supposedly Despero's Hotel, which if I'm being honest, it's a little weak on my part <laughs> to make that. But it has the rotating restaurant. It's fine. It's true. But, he kind you know. of looks over that way. But uh, if I was ever going to go back in time, I would improve that that clue a lot. The hotel. <laughs> but I was going to say it's the uh, it's the Vancouver ripoff of my hometown Space Needle. Yeah, yeah that's right. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, I would we just I would just looked out over the city and I go, what could he look at? And you would immediately know what it was. And it had to be that building, which I still want to go in that restaurant. Once again, when you have your own show, you <laughs> most definitely go to the uh, the Harbor Center building. I know and what the cast center is for the next movie. Th- that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. by the way, this is also another show for, sorry, Maggie, I got one more. Yeah, it's the no. first time we've ever seen the Gordon Mark Hotel named oh. after our line producer, Gordon Mark. And that's actually the Weston Bayshore, which is uh, my favorite stop on my Coal Harbor walks, which I would do all every day. Um, and you must, when you when you visit Vancouver, you must go there. And right next to the Weston Bayshore, you can look up and see the twin buildings that uh, that one of which Carriola's jumps off of. And so, uh, why did you just use cool. air quotes? You tell me he didn't really jump off that so building. Cool. Carrie didn't, but a stuntman actually jumped off of that railing, which was terrifying. There was a balcony one floor below that yeah. was wide enough to put a pad there. And I was so terrified that, that a gust of wind was going to come and blow him down into Coal Harbor. And those stunt and those stunt guys, they're like hopping up and down like it's nothing. They're sitting there like dancing on the railing and then like. I'm very nervous about all that because I'm, I'm, I so don't want every, anything ever to go wrong. It's just a television show. It's not worth uh, risking any it of. Looks uh, so cool. Yeah, it's a great jump. And had we just yeah. green screened it, it wasn't going to look quite as uh, it quite looks as good. So good. So Steve. that's that's a real jump off the top of there. In fact, when you see that building, you can see the penthouse on the top floor, and you can see the 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 one building the next floor down. Yeah, you can see where they where they would land. And uh, that was a, the first time we ever dr- uh, dealt with a Stratocat um, council, which are the people that have to vote if you can shoot in their penthouse or yeah, inside their like building. Yeah, like a co-op. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was a lot of excitement, but it gave us an opportunity to point the cameras out at the not only the uh, the West Van North Van to see the entire um, to see the entire city in all its glory. Ah. Uh. And it and you do. It looks. Uh, the, I, I I wrote down the Gordon Mark Hotel. I also wrote down um, that I forgot to call out one of my favorite lines was Julie Christie and Doctor Shivago, which was perfect. Uh, a perfect a perfect <laughs> description. I have the Gordon Mark Hotel. I have Parvo and the Golden Retriever because we yeah oh like two so just so good. That was so, one of my favorite scenes to write. <laughs> it only has 
There's a, yeah, the, the, the computer has only three buttons and she's a rescue. He doesn't have the heart <laughs> to fire her. And, and, and the phone, wait, are we here? Because uh, when he says you get a phone call or something and, and he says, Sean used our one call to vote for American Idol. <laughs> it's, it puts us in a period of time, right? It's a period of time. Also, so good. also, Maggie, the Dr. Zhivago, that is the uh, exact color of your hat. Or exact more appropriately, like- I think it's, the pita paint ready, hold on, it's fake, I swear, black hat um, that is straight out of <laughs> Dr. Zhivago with a slight detour to Randy Quaid from Christmas Vacation, I think. <laughs> okay, so now Henry flies up to bail Sean and Gus out of jail. Sean complains that they are dealing with the perfect crime, but Henry reminds him there's no such thing as a perfect crime. They run into Macintosh on the way out, who has just been fired. He tells them uh, that the crown is missing, but Sean claims that's impossible. They were there when the museum closed and watched the owner leave. Sean then puts it all together and tracks Despero to a seaplane. Despero is so good because he never steals anything. The owners who are in financial straits hire him to make it look like a theft as they sell their art on the black market and claim the insurance money. The cops arrive and Despero is arrested for insurance fraud. Lassiter gloats over finally capturing his prey after so many years only to realize Despero has no idea who he is. But Pierre taunts Sean by saying he has always fantasized about escaping from jail. Foreshadowing. Then then (laughs) the moment we've all been waiting for, Sean ends up taking Juliet on the date that was intended for Abigail, but in a platonic way, dot, 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 for now. Um, Seaplane, so cool. All of that part. I, uh, I, I, where did we shoot that again? That was Deep Cove. That was Deep Cove. That's what I thought. Right next to um, we, the first thing we shot was the bus. You guys getting off the bus, and uh, and we got off the bus right by Honey's Donuts. Which, if you go to Deep Cove, that's what I couldn't remember the name of it. Thank you, Honey's Donuts. Donuts. Thank you for reminding me of that. You need to do nothing else but go to Honey's Donuts whenever you're in Deep Cove in uh, Vancouver. Uh, It's it. They're so so good, and just get the just get the glazed donut. That's all you got to do. You don't have to get fancy with it. Just get a plain glazed donut. It's probably the best plain glazed donut in the world. We shot on the actual suspension bridge, which is a is a total uh, Vancouver like like landmark site. I mean, that's where every everybody you have to go. The Capistrano, right? A suspension bridge, Capilano. I'm Capilano sorry. suspension bridge. Capistrano, which, is that out there as well? San Juan Capistrano is where the swallows go what to. What am I in, talking uh, about? My California. goodness it's gracious. A, it's a yeah. mission. That's yeah, right. you're from Kentucky. It's okay. Yeah, Capilano. I'm getting my uh, my places confused. But, yeah, well, the yeah. words are eerily close. But uh, yeah, we were at the Capilano suspension bridge. And the, the opera singer in that scene is yeah. the guy who sings or used to sing. I don't think he does it anymore. He used to sing the national anthem for the Canucks. Um, oh, we, really? we were able to get that guy. And that night when we had, cause we had Capilano just from like five o'clock after they closed until it got dark, which isn't very late. No. So, I was thinking you would have had to, you would have had to close down the bridge, right? Cause oh, you, yeah. there's no, no way you could shoot it out. Cause we, I one remember. step in a swing. Well, and by the way, that is Marco. There's no lights. You can't get lights out there. There's no power you can bring out there. That's the two, the two of them and Marco um, on the bridge, hand holding the whole thing. And that's what makes it so intimate and so great. And yeah, and it, oh, so cold. I, of all the coldness, this was the coldest night because the water and the air just whipped down that canyon. I remember uh, it 
I remember this so well, but I remember the camera it was, it was like right there. But I loved that. It was so, uh, it did. Intimate's the right word. Like it just felt like it was just us and Marco out on, out on this bridge shooting such a sweet, um, telling, I think it's funny that this was like the date he was supposed to go on with Abigail. I just feel <laughs> like the universe was just already making things happen. Well, um, and Sean's date is a terrible date. It's so bad. <laughs> He's hired an opera singer. It's so bad. And balloon animals. It, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's so unlike him. So which which is just a way to tell that they were just not meant to be all together. Do you remember that night that when we got when we first got there, the the Canucks were were starting the Stanley Cup finals or this maybe their season, whatever whatever mm-hmm. time of year it was. It was would have been. Would have been the finals. Would have been game one, uh, not the finals, but game one of the playoffs. A Stanley and, Cup. Yeah, yeah. And before we started, the um, the singer sang "O Canada" it, at the at the edge of uh, the Capilano River, echoing through the canyon. <laughs> and it's Amazing. just one of the most hair stands up on the back of your neck I do moments think I remember that this. I've ever yeah. had. It was just beautiful. And then the entire crew joins in. And uh, it was just, it was an extraordinary, uh, extraordinary night and uh, just so much fun. And that place I love, I, I had, of course, I had an annual pass to the Capilano Suspension Bridge. Of course bridge. you did. Of course but, you uh, did. A great so place to great. go. And also yes. they used to, they used to, um, they used to serve my favorite Stanley Park beers there. And uh, they had a couple of the Granville Island uh, mm-hmm. uh, ones and an amazing French fries. So it's all you need. It's a win. It's a huge win. We have quite a few fan questions. Are you guys, uh, are you all ready? Are you all yeah, ready I'm for ready. the fan fan Do questions? It. Okay, we kind of covered this, but how did the idea of Pierre Despero come about? Uh, I think that was just a dream that we'd always had to, to have a really great James Bond type uh, Thomas Crown character that mm. comes into our world. And the, and the idea too is it started with let's shoot in Vancouver. And this was a perfect time to marry our international man. And I love the idea that Lasser has been tracking this guy and Sean finds him and everybody so from Henry to Lasseter to Juliet seems to get on a plane really quickly to huh. join <laughs> <laughs> Sean and Gus up there. I mean, you guys, he's on the phone and it's like four hours later and it's and a three-hour flight. So uh, you have a good travel agent um, to to be able to get up there quickly. And Henry, Henry books a salmon boat, for God's sake. <laughs> so, it's not surprising. <laughs> it's, a, it's very quick. So it was, a, it was a dream to do these sort of action things. And the, the fact that we got Carrie, it was like, usually you make a list and you go down the list and you go down, blah, blah, blah. I think Carrie was the first person we put on there. And, yeah, and uh, we and got him. He was willing to do it. And I met him like as he's coming out of makeup mm-hmm. and uh, and just jumped right into it. And uh, it's really interesting because the energy and the pace of Psych is not like a lot of other shows. So right. you really have to jump into a, a, a rushing Capilano River and, ah, uh, and sort of keep up did. with what's, uh, what's going on. Which is so the next question. So while you just met him in makeup, I was actually in the makeup trailer cleaning up the pee because I got so excited I peed a little bit because I just met him inside the trailer. <laughs> no, well, no one's going to blame you for that. No, 
No, I do. I remember that too, Tim. Um, how was it working with the unparalleled carrier? So this kind of answers that, which we have also talked about throughout this episode. But how was it working with the unparalleled Carrie Elways himself? Is the question. It was. Uh, it was great and and so much fun. So much fun that we made three more episodes uh, with okay. him and uh, have uh, you know have plans to uh, to work with him again. Um, you know, should oh. our schedules work out. So mm-hmm. good. There's more story to be told there. Uh, how many times did the cats a cast say as you wish while filming? Which I think we were pretty nice about not saying this too much, even though he's so gracious when it happens. I don't think anybody did, but you yeah. if you if you were to go to a London drug with Carrie, the the cashier is certain to say it. And uh, <laughs> for <Carrie's> sure. <laughs> gracious and uh, um and uh, and nice about it and uh, and I think, you know, I think he's He's very happy with what he's gotten to do and uh, and very grateful for it. Yeah, he is. He's great. Does anyone in the cast ski snowboard and did you get in, uh, did you get to in the episode? Well, I snowboard a little. I definitely did not snowboard in this episode, but I do snowboard a little. I've skied I used a to little. Ski, actually, the last place I skied was up in Cyprus with Danny Miller in Vancouver. Aww. One of my last places to ski. What about you, Steve? Uh, I'd ski a little bit. I, I am the uh, the pizza French fries um, variety of, <laughs> of skiing. <laughs> I've never skied in Vancouver. Um, we had no time. Obviously, the, the Mount Seymour day was a very, um, very quick get in, get out. The skies are closing up. And we went until it was uh, until it's dark. I didn't get to go up to um, Whistler to do it. I've been to Grouse um, just before we started the first psych movie. I went up early with the family and we went up to Grouse Mountain and we just sledded up and down this hill um, before the, I think the slopes weren't even open. There was, but there was a little sledding hill up there. So I've sledded, but I've never skied in, uh, in the, in the, the British Columbia general vicinity. And of I course, production is never super excited about actors going up and skiing because they don't want you to break something and then yes. all the filming. It's actually <laughs> in a the- lot of the contracts. Like, will you be engaging in any sort of extreme activities like skiing? I'm like, oh wow, I guess that's considered extreme in a like an insurance policy on a on a thing. But yeah, uh that's very funny because I did snowboard, I think, in Whistler uh sometime probably during that time. And also uh tubing. You could like do the like they had these little almost like a like yes. slides, like a water slide, but you could take a tube. I love that. Yeah, that, that is so so fun. Did Tim Tim choose to get a haircut, or was that a show choice? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, again, we covered that. That was uh, Tim getting bored with everything and just going. I think I'm gonna switch this up and hope my family doesn't abandon me. <laughs> snow or this is good. Snow or water for a romantic getaway, guys. I'm going to go, oh, go snow. I think because then you can like warm up and cozy and like I, I like the I knew idea. that's where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah and I think to loosely um, quote um, the spy who loved me, uh-huh. um, Ringo Starr's future wife uh, at the time, mm-hmm. a shared body heat is required within um, within the, within the snow. So I think that's the, the I think that's the way to do it. It's snow. I think it's snow. Tim, do you want to weigh in? Uh, for romance, I would say snow. All right. I love this. Look at all of us. We're we're snowy, romantic getaway people. I love it. Um, okay. Was Despero planned to have a multi-episode arc or 
uh, did his role in Psych expand over time? I always planned on bringing this character back. I was, uh, you know, I was very interested in, in bringing this character back as much as the studio would let us because yeah. it, it's just so fun. And there's so many ways we can uh, we can do new things and expand the thing. And but at the end, you always have to be confused of, well, actually, what is Despero? <laughs> is he really a thief? <laughs> is he really? Right. So that's the fun of this character is you have to leave leave it open. You can never close the door on the, on the story. So for me, it was like it was definitely coming back. And yeah. the fact that we knew that uh, that we that he, he says I've always fantasizing about uh, about breaking out of prison. We knew that was going to happen again. And that's going to play out in Sean and Gus's future um, as well. I have a fan question, Steve. Yes. Do you have your Steve Frank psych merch prepared to display? Oh, God. Um, I, you know, listen. Is that I'm, for next episode? I was going to hold off. Um, I was going to hold off talking about it. But uh, I guess we're doing a lot of announcements. Um, <laughs> I'm actually thinking about, uh, we're going through the legal channels right now. I'm thinking about launching my own line of bootleg um, psychologists or in merchandise <laughs> right now. Um, and if you guys are good with it. And it's, uh, you know, this is a. Uh, it's a little sample of it right here. It's like the psychologists are in just the Steve episodes. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, we're going to have this, uh, we're going to have this mug, um, basically. And on the other side, it says, I've heard it both ways. That's, uh, that's Stop it. an actual piece of bootleg merchandise that I have. But I, I actually uh, worked up, to, the, the hats are in just now. And it looks like I put a, a piece of masking tape that just says just the Steve episodes right below the hats. But that's not, that's not actually it. And uh, to, to expand on it, we're doing this thing called a pit mitt. And it's a barbecue mitt, which has which has also a, a post-it note. You have to have the Patreon for this. It's just a post-it note mm-hmm. of the psychologist around merchandise. And, uh, and uh, the pit mitt allows you to put it on your hand and you can grab anything at any, almost any temperature on a barbecue. So... Uh, so I know that the uh, psychologists are in and your company which, is, is currently... Sorry, Steve, uh, I, I just need to clarify to help you with your marketing. Um, so even though it is now wintertime and barbecue season's kind of passed, <laughs> you can still use the pit mitt to, uh, to, to move uh, logs your, in your fireplace right now. Yeah, that's your firewood. Absolutely. You certainly could. And, and let's say you're walking down the street and you see a, an apartment building on fire and you want to go rescue someone. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I've got this pit mitt in my hand. It has a post-it note that says the psychologists are in just a Steve episode <laughs> um, loosely taped to it. It's fine. You've got it. You're ready to go. And so, uh, you know, I'm looking to launch this late third quarter, fourth quarter, 2025. So uh, I am... Uh, I think everyone's going to be excited when it comes out. Um, late, just, co- late quarter. Yes, late third, third quarter, late third, third quarter. quarter. So yeah, just in time for the holidays. Yeah, G- going into the holidays. <laughs> yes, a Cyber Monday type uh, maybe situation. Yeah, yeah, Got exactly. It. And by okay. then, by then, uh, breaking the laws will be out in theaters. I hope there's uh, there's some luck of the Irish news. model. Uh, luck of the Irish model. What about uh, but, definitely breaking the laws, but. Uh, yeah, Tim, uh, have you heard about breaking the laws? The Maggie oh, laws. Oh, I've heard of breaking oh, yeah. the laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, there. We've been hearing there's some interest from some actors. Um, oh, and it changes the story a little bit. Oh dear. Yes, um, Dame Helen Mirren is interested <laughs> in playing and playing Maggie. But the, the thing, the problem is that she's actually she actually wants to play all the ages. So it's, we're going to have to write the story up. So instead of like, you know, when you're on Fox, it's like a kid's thing. It's like kind of mid forties, maybe. Oh, like uh, now, like what I would yeah. be doing, like I'm, I'm hosting 
the the local kids show now. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with her. I'm okay with this uh, plan. I'm just excited to see how you kind of, um, you know, translate, transfer my yeah. my my stories yeah. into later like in prob- life. It's probably Steve. set in the 1830s now. Um, it's still your <laughs> life story. It's still the same thing. It's just a, it's a little different and, and it probably it's couldn't a, be Maggie Lawson. It would be like, you know, um, Margaret of Henbrine, you know, of uh, something like that. It could just be the uh, previous Lady lives. Margaret. Yeah, exactly. It could be it would, past you know, lives of Maggie Lawson. But it would still be your story. So uh, we're, we're, we're dealing with that. And Tim, don't worry, you're, um, you're not left out. Um, we're looking at some actors to play you. <laughs> um, are, are you familiar with the actor Finn Wolfhard? <laughs> From uh, from yeah from I thought from Finn was Stranger dead. Things yeah no it's from, from Stranger Things yeah he would be like a younger guy so the, the age thing we're gonna have to figure that out but I think I think it'd be terrific as you and he's looking to do something um, Fr- more dramatic. can you grow a beard yeah uh, yeah I you know we can or we can just paste it on oh, so um, you, you, you got enough we'll, time to build a good one. Yeah, you, you have to worry about it because only only do you appear in the very last scene. So it's it's a little bit like Mark Hamill at the end of uh, Force Awakens. You, you sort and of the 1800s, I do love some Victorian period. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the, that's where we're at right now. I'm not sure okay. if mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not sure if this is real interest because apparently uh, Helen Mirren's agent, uh, the guy who contacted me, his name Squeegee. And I'm not sure if that's <laughs> oh, Squeege, the person yeah. that represents. Yeah, and I think that is her she agent. She wants to be paid now. in a brown paper sack. Um, so I don't know if. Yeah, it's all cash. Yeah, of course. No, that's Squeegee. So, that's, her, yeah. that's, that's, her, that's her agent. That's how she pays her bookies. You, you always get in trouble when you when you attach actors. So we're we're just we're working forward with it. I want to get the merchandise going. I want to get it all out there at, at the same time. Wow. So mm-hmm. and things are moving forward though. You're a busy man, Steve. Yeah, you well, have you, you have. Luck of the Irish model, breaking the laws, and and um, the psychologists are in merch. Just the Steve episodes. This has <laughs> been one of the best episodes ever. I feel like of this podcast, we've covered every base. I think, including um, new merch and announcements and new <laughs> movies, period pieces that are going to be. I'm I'm just I I this is chock full. I, I don't know this. I think the psychos might lose their minds a little bit. And this is just the beginning of season four, man. I know this is episode one. Oh my gosh! Someone's gonna make a meme of me anytime I do that. Someone freezes the video and sends it to me, where I'm like, so that's gonna be what. Get on it, psychos. Yeah. <laughs> Steve. Well, you know what? I, I think I did make a mistake earlier. I don't know if it was Jonathan Holmes who said Baroque. It might have been oh. Andrew McElroy. And I think the fact checkers are going to be all over me for that. So I'm I feeling like sure, it was a Holmes. Sure, oh, we corrected it. So I want to make sure that we get that right. And I think uh, I think we've covered I think we've covered just about everything else. Steve, above and beyond. I gotta pull away from the microphone a second. I'm so freaking excited about this season, Maggie. Me too, Tim. See, I had to counterbalance. I just got so excited. I got shy about it. (laughs) (laughs) I got shy. But it's been a lot of fun. And thanks to everybody who who appreciates all this this nonsense that we get to do. Yeah. We love you all so much. And we love Steve Franks the most because we are all here because of him. Whenever Steve is on, it's always a blast. And it's almost four hours long. But we would not want anything else. It's so fun and it's so good. And I love, love his breakdown of colors. As always, 
Thank you again for listening to The Psychologists Are In. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologists Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. And check out our Patreon for full videos of the episodes and more at patreon.com slash psychologists are in. We will see you next week where we will talk about season four, episode two. He did. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.